this morning, uh, I want to share with you another message on service. I, I said it was just going to be in January, and I realized today's February. Um, I just had one more thing to say. You know, one, there's always one more thing to say. Um, it's not a Super Bowl message. In fact, uh, um, who, who doesn't care who's playing today at the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I, I know. If there's some Packers fans here. Um, yeah, sorry. Where, where'd he go? I, I saw him here earlier. Uh, but um, I, I realized that some of you, it's a big deal, and I hope you eat really good nachos this afternoon. And uh, uh, But... Uh, um, we're going to talk about service, and I realized that uh, as I was thinking about this topic and having just want, wanting one more message, I, I realized that sometimes we feel taken advantage of, um, and it, so in some ways, as Americans, that's one of our our things that we 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 uh, we protect against at all risks that we would not be taken advantage of, that we would not be scammed. That we would not uh, have someone take what is ours uh, so that we couldn't have it. Uh, these are some of the things that we protect against at all our risk. We want to be self-sufficient and we're constantly pushing people and things away. Um, I know a man uh, who was, um, he worked in technology. He was an IT director at a very big insurance company, very big insurance company in, in north of, of San Francisco. And um, he was checking his email one day, and it said, uh, message from eBay, message from eBay about your password, about your password. Uh, you need to contact us right away. And he opened up the email and he goes, oh no, my password has been, it needs to be reset or something like that. And he started clicking through to where they told him to go. And he gave away his password uh, to his eBay account that others, somebody had scammed him. And I remember hearing that story and going, uh, if he can be scammed, most definitely I can be. And it, feeling like I'm taking another step back and going, no way, nobody's going to do this to me. What does this have to do with service? Um, well, what it has to do with service is this, that when somebody asks you for something, when somebody calls on you to serve, when somebody calls on you to give, what is your first answer Maybe not the answer you say out loud. No. No. No, I can't do it. No, I don't want to give. I'm busy. That's good. Yeah. I, I, the first answer is no. In fact, let, let me, I know I've shared this to some of you before. It's embarrassing. Um, I was in seminary. I was a youth pastor here. And I had a full-time salary, a salary that more than provided for our needs at that time. And I was going down to seminary at the master's seminary. I was, I was surrounded by men who wanted to be pastors, who were being trained uh, in the, to preach the gospel. And one of my good friends, not from seminary only, but from college as well, we had been roommates at one time. We're in seminary together, and it was in between classes. And he said to me, he, this is what he said. 
Hey, Kevin, um, can I have $5? Can I have $5? And you know what I said? Why? Why? And another classmate who I didn't know very well, who he didn't know very well, was walking past us while we were talking. And he, he grabs his wallet and pulls out a 10 and hands it to him. And I stood there dumbfounded. And I, I felt so stupid. This was my friend. What did I think? He was going to go buy cigarettes with it or what? Uh, what? What did I think? He was just trying to steal money. He was taking an offering from like, what, what did I think? But my first answer was no, no. This morning, I want to talk about generosity. I want to talk about generosity. I want to talk about generosity when it comes to money, but also with time and service, because I think it's all wrapped up. It's all wrapped up into one. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 17 through 19. I share that story with you um, to tell you that that happened long ago and I'm not like that anymore. For what? I am still like that. I struggle with that still. Um, I struggle with uh, wondering if I'm going to be taken advantage of, wondering if it's worthy cause, wondering if uh, somebody is going to take and I won't have because they have taken from me. First Timothy chapter six, uh, starting at verse 17, I, I want to read to you uh, a portion that uh, is very, it's very interesting to me um, because as we look at God's word, um, he shares with us how to deal with riches, how to deal with riches, how to consider um, the, the things that God has given you. And what has he given you? Two things, time and resources, time and resources. That's all we've had. That's all we have. In fact, we really only have time because time takes us to get the resources and it's all wrapped up in that. Okay. As we look at God's word, it says this command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Verse 18 says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. That's the verse that I want us to get this morning. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they will take hold of the life that is truly life. God, we ask your blessing on our time this morning. Uh, God, do a work in our heart that would cause us to be generous. Um, generous following, following in your plan for us, but also in your example for us. And God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If I asked you, uh, 
How has God dealt with you? How has he treated you? How has he, uh, uh, as a, a father's child or father's son and father-daughter relationship, how has he treated you? Has it been generous or has it been cheap? Has he had abundance for you or has he withheld from you? I think the obvious answer is that he's been generous with us. Um, always generous. That that patience that, that he shows that uh, we have taken advantage of him and he still hasn't thrown us off. He still hasn't gotten rid of us. I, I want to share with you this morning we're going to talk about <coughs> how God richly supplies for us. He richly supplies for us. If you want to turn over to Titus chapter 3, um, verses 5 through 7, it speaks of our salvation. It's one of my favorite passages to describe what Christ has done in the believer's life. The work that He has done, the change that He has uh, brought in us. In Titus chapter 3, starting at verse 5, says he saved us not because of righteous things we had done but because of his mercy he saved us through the washing of rebirth the renewal by the holy spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our savior you get that he he generously poured out his own son that 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 through our relationship with Him, as we consider what Jesus has done, we should never forget that, that it was at the cost of His Son. That His generosity wasn't taking out of His riches and laying it before us and Him going back and saying, oh, i got plenty more riches. But He gave His one special Son. And how did He, why did He do that? What was the purpose? What was He paying for? A relationship with me for my salvation. I want you to know this. I want you to think about it. Every time you struggle with generosity, every time you struggle from holding back, every time you, you say, I, I can't do it, I can't give anymore because I, I you know, if I give this, I won't have I want I want you to think about this. It's because of the generosity of Christ. Of the Father giving of the Son. That you have salvation. That you are right with Him. This uh, section of Scripture in Titus. Makes clear that it's not because of you being good. I, I know that's uh, something we go over. And sometimes I, I get the look from you all. Uh, we're going to have to go over that again. <laughs> yes we are. It's not because of righteous things that you have done. It's not because you're good enough. It's not because you were better than the people that you live next to. It's not because you're better than the people uh, in Africa or Asia, the Middle East. It's not because you're better. He saved us, not because of the things that we have done, but he saved us from the things that we have done. The things we have thought of. The things we have 
said, the things that we have acted upon. And so as He has been generous with us, generosity is God's way. It's God's way. He uses the same type of principle in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5. Um, It's an important passage to remember because it's talking about how do we live after we become a believer. And it talks about how we get through trials. How we get through trials. And it says this. It's very important. If any of you lacks wisdom. Hey. Some of you said they don't talk about you in the Bible. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. God knew about us. James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom. Hey, that's me. It says you should ask of God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. I want you to get this picture. That Jesus saves. He saves us. And and God poured out his son generously. So that we would have relationship with him. But I want you to know this. It's not just at the point of salvation. That God is generous with us. That he gives us everything that we need. That he provides for us. But it's throughout our whole life. Any of you lacks wisdom, call to the one, the one who, who gives. And how does he give? He gives generously. He doesn't withhold. And Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this. I, I want to read this to you. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. I, I want you to get this. At the point of salvation, God was generous with us. But from then on, forever, He is generous with us in every situation, giving us everything we need all the time. He continues to give us. And not in a a cheap way, but a generous way. The, The idea of generosity is this picture of uh, of with liberality uh, of abundant of overflowing it um it, it's giving not in a holding back well how much do you need what will be the least amount i can provide for you god gives us in abundance gener- generously as i sit with that and as i think about a uh, passage in, to timothy uh where he excuse me, he says, he command that those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, but to hope in God. And then he commands them to, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous, willing to share. And I, I think about that and I go, that's connected to how he treated me. The, the reason that we're not generous is because we're fearful. If I give you $5, guess what? It's gone. It's gone. And if you give $20 to your kids and say, bring me the change, it's gone. It's over. There's many good stories about something like that, right? Giving your kids a few dollars and... It's just gone. 
excuse me. As we look at this, as we consider how God has dealt with us, He calls us, He wants us, He shows us that He is not cheap. He is not withholding, but He is giving. Rich in good deeds, what does that look like? It means doing things. It means serving. It means doing the things that would honor the Lord. It means moving out of your chair. It means getting out and doing something for someone else. In the name of God. Rich in good deeds. Uh, these good deeds will not save you. They, they will not, uh, to be honest, they won't impress God either. He won't go, oh, boy. Wow, I didn't think they could do that. Uh, boy, that, that, that makes them better in my eyes. No, he's already got relationship with you. But he calls us not to trust in our own devices, but to be rich in good deeds. He uses the term rich. It's interesting because uh, when you're wealthy, you trust in riches, right? And he says, don't trust in riches to be rich. But tr trust in that God's taking care of you so now you can be rich in good deeds. You can go do things. You can be a blessing to someone else. Rich in good deeds. What's the danger in being rich in good deeds? So you get burned out. You get burned out. You, you do too much. Uh, you say, I, I got all these things to do if I stop the things that I'm doing to do something for someone else to serve in some sacrificial way, I won't get the things done on my list. And I want to say to you, yes, you got it. You got it. Yes. You know what? You know what happens? You can't do everything. You can't do everything. And so as uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and he had them think through uh, in their situation, their church, what to do with those who have been blessed. He says, give, be rich in good deeds, be ready and willing to serve. Then he says, generous, willing to share. Remember, this is the idea of liberal, abundant, liberal, abundant. It's the idea of not just giving as Little as you can so that you can withhold for yourself. But he says, just give. Be, be ready to give. I wonder if uh, you would say that you struggle with generosity. With your time and with the finances that God has entrusted to you. I, I wonder how, how, if you looked at your life, what that would look like. And I want to tell you, if you're struggling with this, I don't think it's just an issue of you doing more. I think it's the issue of you considering what Christ has done for you. <laughs> that you would not feel like, oh no, what if I'm taken advantage of? What, what happens, by the way, if you're taken advantage of and you're serving the Lord? He replenishes. He takes care of you. He's given you everything that you need. He continues to bless you. He does not leave you empty-handed. I was considering this, and um, if you find yourself to be the king of your life, 
you probably won't be generous. You probably won't be generous. You'll find yourself as the pharaohs did in Egypt, finding themselves not just to be the king overall, but really being God to the people and everyone else is there to be a servant of yours. If you find yourself to be king, you will not be generous because life is centered around you. But on the other hand, if you find yourself to be a beggar, if you look at yourself and you say, I have nothing, I, I, I don't have anything, I'm poor. Uh, if you find yourself to be a beggar, you probably won't be generous either. Because you find the few things that you have, you say, if I give these away, if I serve with my time, if I give my, um, my, my few shekels that I have, if I give that, I won't have anything. That's not true. It's not true. If you have Jesus, you will never be left without. He will always provide for you. He will be the one that that gives you and, and causes you not to be just a beggar, but a child of the king. If you find your future uncertain, if you find your future uncertain, guess what? You'll probably not be generous. You'll probably not be generous. You'll just go, oh no, I got to save for tomorrow. I can, if I give in this way, I, you know, what will happen? I, I, my future is uncertain. If we're a believer in Jesus Christ, our future is not uncertain. It's not. Our future is great. It's the best. There's nothing better. You you can talk to a believer and they say, well, you might die doing that. You say, really? That's great. The Lord will take me home. my, My soul is secure with him. And one last thing I'd say, if you find yourself to be a father... Instead of a child, you will probably won't be generous. Uh, fathers, um, they get blasted with needs, right? Uh, somebody's always looking for another $20 out of you. They're saying, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And you're always saying, no, no. You're always trying to take a step back and say, let me think of another way to do that without you getting money out of me. I, I've got to be the provider here. I've got to manage this whole deal. I've got to be the one. I want to tell you that uh, there's fathers here and mothers here that feel the pressure. But I want to tell you, even the fathers and mothers here this morning, if you know Jesus Christ, you have a Father in heaven who promises to provide for you. And that He is the one that will be enough for you and your needs. This morning, um, I just wanted to encourage you about your wallet and your time. To grab them both. And to hold them open. Not to just every passerby. But to the Lord. But to the Lord. And to change your thinking... When it comes to the things of God, from the idea of withholding to generosity, to have your first answer be yes. To see it as exciting when you get to serve, to see it as exciting when you get to give. Why? Because everything else in your life is pretty mundane. 
But to see the opportunity to see what the Lord has done for you. And that that would be the basis for your generous giving and your generous service. Be able to say, I'm generous because Jesus has taken care of my past. I'm generous because Jesus takes care of today. And I'm generous because Jesus has taken care of my future. Please join with me in prayer. God, help us to get this. God, we we will not get this. We cannot get this apart from your work. God, we struggle with this. We struggle being generous. We're generous with ourselves. But the idea of being generous with others, of being ones that are ready and willing to say yes, to follow your lead. God, help us to sort that out, what that looks looks like in our lives. God, may you... um, Grow us to be a generous church. A church that loves to say yes, to follow and to serve you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.